The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Amplifier Advisors, LLC, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jonathan Aberman. What does Amazon HQ mean for our innovation and entrepreneurial community? Is it just some jobs? Or is it an opportunity to be branded as a place where successful technology product innovation occurs? A lot of people are asking, why did Virginia spend so much money to get Amazon to locate here? Well, a lot's been discussed on how Amazon located in our region, but as I looked at the coverage last week, I found myself asking, what does this really mean for our entrepreneurial innovation communities? To answer this question and others, I've asked three respected leaders of our business and innovation community to come into the studio today. They're bringing with them direct experience with both the Amazon HQ2 process, as well as a day job that will be directly affected by our region's success. They'll be in the trenches working to make Amazon HQ2 an ongoing success, and I'm very happy to have them with us today. Angel Cabrera is with us. He's the president of George Mason University, one of the Commonwealth of Virginia's leading research institutions. Angel is a tireless, and I mean tireless, advocate for the importance of an entrepreneurial perspective and an international perspective in this region. During his career, he's been the president and dean of recognized international business schools and serves as a board member to many prominent not-for-profit and governmental entities. His university, George Mason, has made a big commitment to the community as part of getting Amazon H2 to locate here, and I'm looking forward to talking with him about that, among other things. Tian Wang is here as well. Tian literally is a household name in our region's business community, where many do refer to him as the Kevin Bacon of entrepreneurship. It seems that often all of us involved in innovation and entrepreneurship find that we're separated only by one degree, and with Tian is in between. He's currently the CEO of Opus 8, an investment firm and chairman of Tech 2000 Lore Systems. He's also the founder of Big Idea Connectpreneur Forum, and he's a tireless advocate for growing our entrepreneur community. He's also very excited to talk about Amazon HQ2, what it means to him as an entrepreneur and an investor. And our third guest is Jason Miller. Jason is the CEO of the Greater Washington Partnership. The Greater Washington Partnership is our region's leading business group, composed of literally a who is who among leaders of our business community and economy. The GWP was instrumental in helping our various jurisdictions coordinate their responses to the original Amazon RFP, and they continue to provide regional leadership that's helping all of us to begin to just create a common narrative that we can use to describe what makes us so excited to build our businesses here in the capital region. Jason's had a ringside seat in the Amazon HQ2 process and will undoubtedly have some insights for us on why the process of landing Amazon HQ2 is a template for future regional success. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. This Thank is you. a very Great exciting time. So how jazzed up are we that Amazon's come into this community? Immensely. This is this is a huge deal for the community, for the region, and it's definitely a, a huge uh, deal for the university. This is going to be uh, really, I think it's hard to exaggerate how important this is beyond the immediate economic development impact. I think that's what's sort of drawn most of the immediate attention, the 25,000 jobs. That is meaningful. The spillover effect that this is going to have into the innovation fabric of this region is even more exciting. Jason, how about you? I mean, this is literally has been a big chunk of your life for just about as long as I've been working <laughs> with you now. Yeah, no, look, this is, uh, there's no doubt. This is a game changer for the region. And I think, uh, I think Angel said it right. 
the coverage is focused on the 25,000 Amazon employees that are going to be located close to one another in Northern Virginia. But this is about how, does it, how do we change the trajectory of our region overall? If you look at where we are and where we've been re recently, we're a slow growth region. We have phenomenal things happening here, but we are a slow growth region. And when you compare us to other metro areas around the country that have been growing between two and two and a half percent, we've been closer to 1%. So we needed a bit of a kickstart. This accelerates a lot of what we, uh, we know people around the region have been trying to drive, and it gives us a big opportunity uh, to really pull forward some of the challenges and opportunities for the region. I'm going to come back to that slow growth aspect in a moment. But before I do that, Tian, you and I have been part of this entrepreneur community for quite a while. Yeah. We've seen the ups and downs. Why are you so excited about this? I mean, I'm thrilled. You know, you uh, you have one of the top four or five largest market cap companies coming into D.C. It's validation of our community, our ecosystem uh, to the world that we are a true player Um it's going to have secondary and tertiary effects that haven't even really been figured out yet. Uh, but I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of secondary and tertiary effects that are going to benefit the, the entire region. So we're absolutely thrilled about it. Jason, I want to come back to you because you said something that I'm not sure everybody really understands or appreciates. I know from my own work with the Greater Washington Partnership and elsewhere, the economic growth here lags every significant metropolitan region around the country. How is this deal going to help us close that, close that gap, do you think? Yeah, look, I, I mean, one, the proximity to the federal government here is a huge asset. It's a big reason that we have the talent pool and the capabilities and the education level and the research that we have. But we need to do a lot more to diversify our economy. Our two big uh, growth opportunities from an industry standpoint, if you look at our existing capabilities and our existing assets, are biohealth and digital tech. And for digital tech, we needed a major anchor, one of the leading tech companies in the world, increasing their presence here. There's a lot of activity that's happening, but it's very nascent still, and we need to take advantage of it. If you look at the growth of this region over the last 30 or 40 years, we've had moments of big tech firms taking root and growing. You see the offshoots around the community, but it's never generated the level of activity and the level of growth consistent with the quality of talent and capabilities in the region. I think this gives us the jumping off point that we need. Now, I don't want for a moment to let our collective enthusiasm obscure. Many people in, in town are worried about some of the, the possible bad effects. Talent may get more expensive, traffic could stink and, and various things. Angel, I'll ask you because Masons may, you're going to make a big investment in Arlington. You're going to grow like crazy. What's your perspective? How do we, uh, how do we answer those that are worried about the bad aspects of this transaction? Well, I think there, some of the concerns are real and we have to be aware of them and we have to take action. I think uh, it's absolutely true that we, we know what those are. Transportation is going to be an issue. Um, um, housing uh, cost and cost of living is going to be an issue. And there are going to be several aspects that we need to recognize. Long term, this is a game changer. And I agree with uh, with with Jason that what, what is different, I think, about um, Amazon's decision compared to prior companies that have moved their headquarters and have made uh, significant investments. Well, the size, 25,000 jobs. I don't know that people realize this. This is pretty darn large. I mean, this may position Amazon really as the as the top employer in the region. 
um, perhaps uh, only behind the, the, the federal government. But the other aspect is the signaling effect. I mean, this is a household name. This is one of the most attractive brands. When I talk to our uh, George Mason University computer science students and students in other majors, that's where they want to go. They want to work for Google. They want to work for Apple. They want to work for uh, for Amazon. So the, the signaling effect that this region is in play, that uh, the greater Washington area is one of those places you want to be part of if you want to be a player in in technology. I think that's going to be the source of those secondary and tertiary effects that Tian was mentioning. When we come back after the break, Tian, I'm going to turn to you as an entrepreneur. What do you think this transaction and HQ2 really means in the perspective of entrepreneurial businesses? So we're here at What's Working in Washington Extra talking about Amazon HQ2. We'll be right back after the break. Thank you to our sponsor, Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is the leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. And we're back in this What's Working in Washington Extra. We're talking about Amazon HQ2, what it means for the innovation entrepreneurial community. Our guests in studio are Angel Cabrera, the president of George Mason University, Tian Wong, the chairman of Lore Systems, and Jason Miller, the CEO of Greater Washington Partnership. Tian, before the break, I teed you up. You've been uh, building entrepreneurial businesses here for over 30 years. Why is this deal a big deal for you as an entrepreneur? How's this going to help you grow your business? Well, I think there's a lot of things that's that's going to help. I think um, it's going to drive capital to the region. It's going to drive attention, like we mentioned earlier. Um, there are some concerns that we have, which are obviously in the labor market. You know, we're we've been in a constant war for talent for many, many years, and I think it's just going to get a little more competitive as we go forward. So we have to look for other alternatives, such as um, hiring some remote workforce from other parts of, say, you know. Uh, rural Virginia, rural Maryland, which we've been doing, West Virginia as well. Um, also providing the workforce with some flexible options such as telework, for example. But I think that the the main challenge for the region will certainly be, especially for the big universities like Dr. Cabrera's institution and University of Maryland even, and, uh, and several of the other uh, awesome universities that we have in the region, is how are they going to keep up with the pace of demand that these employers – primarily Amazon, but other employers like ours are going to have? Because that really, it's been a problem for quite a while. Um, I think Tian is absolutely right. The decision by Amazon was all about talent. The proposal from Virginia that ultimately uh, brought the, uh, the decision here was all about talent. The challenge and the opportunity is all about talent. I mean, it is clear if you if you see even the quote of the the head of the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, Stephen Moray, yesterday says this was all about talent, and the centerpiece of our proposal was about that. Um, we have been just to put it in perspective. Uh, George Mason University has been growing at a pace of about a thousand students, additional students every year. In the last decade, we've already driven half of the entire growth in enrollments in the whole Commonwealth of Virginia. 
So we are, we're used to growing. I mean, we are one of the youngest universities uh, that have, we're one of the youngest universities in Virginia and we're the largest, we're the fastest growing. So we're used to growing and, and we've been growing since we were founded. And yet this sort of raises the stakes significantly. That, that's why uh, we announced that uh, we're going to have a pretty large expansion of our Arlington campus, which is located very close to the new site of, uh, of Amazon. But also we, an we announced that we're creating Virginia's first dedicated school of computing. Um, <clears throat> Georgia Tech had, uh, had one for several years. MIT just announced theirs a couple of uh, months ago. And we think it's absolutely essential that we organize a multidisciplinary focused school of, uh, of computing to serve this. So we are, we're ready, we're primed, we're excited. Uh, we don't uh, underestimate the size of the of the challenge, but we're going to do what we can. And I have no doubt that the other universities in the region uh, will do their share as well. And Jason, I know from the work that the partnership has done already on talent, even if Amazon didn't come, we still have an enormous need for talent development. Here. Yeah. And look, I mean, um, Dr. Cabrera's university, George Mason, and many others together, we actually produce more tech qualified uh degree holders than any other region in the country. We're the third largest talent pool today behind the Bay Area and New York City area, but we're the number one producer at the two-year, the four-year, and the post-grad. Yet, because of the insatiable demand of large companies, of small companies, we're still not keeping pace. I think the investments that the Commonwealth is making are fantastic to significantly increase the tech talent pipeline, but we also have to look outside of the four-year uh, the four-year system to generate some of the talent that we need, leverage, uh, you know, high schools and community colleges in smart and thoughtful ways to harness a broader pool. The second thing I would say is the reality today is we're a huge producer, we have a large gap, but we're actually a net exporter. Yes, that's right. So we're a net exporter of that talent. So be going from net exporter to net magnet for talent is another mechanism by which we're going to bring. Uh, the quality people here to the region that our businesses need. Fine, I fully agree with Jason, uh, both in the need to attract talent from outside, but also to look at what not just the four-year research universities like George Mason can do. Uh, earlier this month, uh, we we had a great presentation about our new partnership with the Northern Virginia Community College. Mm -hmm. People may not know this, but we have in our region one of the top three, four largest community colleges in the country. And the solution, the talent solution is absolutely going to involve a much better um, partnership and alliance between the community college and, and Mason, which is the basically the purpose of our advanced uh, partnership. Just um, this past week, uh, you may have uh, read that um, our community college, Northern Virginia Community College, has a pioneering relationship with Amazon Web Services already. I mean, they have one of the very first uh, web computing certifications with them. So we have the size, we have the alliance between a research university and a community college, and we have the experience of working precisely in this field. So absolutely keep the attention also on the, on the community college side. The other thing that I've seen, and I think this is also borne out in the Amazon deal, is that the 21st century worker, particularly as artificial intelligence, machine learning, and similar technologies become more ubiquitous, we need to have liberal arts minds matched with engineering engineering brains. And the advanced program that you, you mentioned, uh, Hal, I think is a great example of, of that. Tian, uh, 
many of our business acquaintances that we have in common are saying to me that they're really worried that the biggest problem they're going to have now is being able to afford to hire people because tech talent's going to get so expensive. You talked about telecommuting and broadening it before. What other answers can you give uh, our entrepreneurial friends who are concerned about whether or not they're going to be able to compete to hire the people that they need now? Well, I mean, I think we have to get creative and we also have to hope that the hiring that Amazon doesn't staff 25,000 people tomorrow. Which they I, won't. By they any won't. Yeah. So you do have some time to sort of develop your plan B, which would be get creative about recruiting. And I think you, we talked about importing jobs, right, Jason, and becoming mm -hmm. a net a net importer of jobs. I think that that's where employer, small business employers, small tech companies like ours, we need to get creative. We need to be targeted and cre create uh, working environments and challenges to the job that are attractive to our target market. So I know Amazon's going to have, you know, generally speaking, they're going to have specific needs that they want to fill. So hopefully, you know, as you know, not all jobs are the same in terms of skill level or, or requirements. So um, the ones that they're competing directly with Amazon, you know, those employers are going to have to figure out um, how to differentiate themselves from Amazon. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Can I, can I just add one thing on this? I mean, I think increased cost of talent means increased household income, right? And we've had... We're slow growth top line. Mm. We're slow income growth as a region. Mm. So you know, upward pre pressure on wages is is about us getting the balance right. I think the this the second thing here is we're talking about what does this mean from an innovation ecosystem standpoint? What does this mean from a talent standpoint? What does this mean from a growth standpoint? I think it's important within all of this to recognize that we are not going to become, nor should we want to become, a Me Too innovation hub. We are meaningfully different. We have uh, people who come to the region because of the mission orientation of the region. And frankly, a lot of the technology trends are moving in that direction. And us harnessing what's unique and maintaining that culture and community here is going to be absolutely critical as we move from a slower growth place to a faster growth, more innovative, uh, higher charge startup ecosystem. That's a great point, Jason Miller. And when we come back after the break here in this Amazon HQ2 discussion, I'm going to ask on health to talk a little bit about how we're actually going to ensure that we continue to differentiate ourselves through education and, and workforce development. There, what's working in Washington? We'll be right back after the break. Thank you to Speakerbox Communications. Speakerbox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And we're back in this What's Working Washington Extra talking about Amazon HQ2, what it means for innovation and entrepreneurship here in the region with Dr. Ann Hulk Cabrera, president of George Mason University, Tian Wong, chairman of Lore Systems, and Jason Miller, CEO of Greater Washington Partnership. On hell, I throw it to you. It's a, it's a big job. How are we going to... Uh, how we can differentiate ourselves culturally and educationally to make sure that we're distinctive and people want to come here? The great opportunity that this region has is to create its own flavor and brand of innovation. And I've always thought it would be a mistake for regions to have this obsession of how do I become the Silicon Valley or how do I replicate what has happened in, in Austin or Cambridge or somewhere else. We have an amazing mix of assets that are only present here. 
that are now going to be enriched by the presence of a, of a company like Amazon and everything that will go around that. We have an incredible concentration um, of, um, of policy um, um, uh, knowledge and, and think tanks of international multilateral organizations, of course, of all the federal and uh, government uh, agencies and regulatory uh, bodies. Then we have the whole tradition of, of government contracting. We know how to deal uh, with complex, heavily regulated industries. And I think it's not clear how, but it's going to be in a mix of all of that that you will see a new brand of, of Washington uh, a greater Washington innovation uh, brand emerge. That's what's going to be super exciting. And from from our standpoint, I mean, I, I'm, we're already trying to figure out how this new uh, school of computing and and the Institute of Digital Innovation that we're creating, how it's going to link with our Shar School of Government and Policy. How is it going to link with our Scalia Law School? How is it going to link with all the other departments to fully leverage the traditional areas that have made us strong as a, as a university. Same thing is going to happen at the university. Jason, uh, amongst your members and board, you, you have many people who I think are really, they spend a lot of time thinking about the culture of this region. In fact, in many cases, they're cultural leaders of this region. What, what's, um, what's your thinking about how a group like Greater Washington Partnership contributes in making sure our region is distinctive and understands yeah, itself well? Yeah, look, I think the impacts here are beyond Washington. We always refer to the capital region as Baltimore, Washington, and Richmond as one interconnected set of metropolitan areas. And that's true when you think about the talent pool and you think about where companies are locating different portions of their business throughout the region. What I do think, it, um, and this goes back to a point uh, that was made earlier, some of these other places, some other places that have faced fast growth have not gotten ahead of the challenges like transportation and housing. And if we can't do that, it does undermine the distinctiveness of our region. But we know this isn't going to happen overnight. We've been thinking about these challenges for a long time, and we know it's coming if we don't do anything about it. So we have a great moment right now to say, look, we're about to we're about to embark on an adventure of faster economic growth, greater opportunity, and changing our trajectory as a region. We need to make the investments in the systems that make our region work, the big investments in education, building off of what Virginia announced, and big investments in our transportation system and the policies and investments needed from a housing standpoint, so we can maintain uh, and retain the people that have already come here, who live here, who grew up here, because that is part of what makes us unique. So the business community in this town is not going to just stand back and say, oh, well, free market governs all. The, the business community actually plans on working with the education community, the entrepreneur community to try to come up with collective solutions to a lot of these problems. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think, that and I think, yeah, it's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. And we're, I mean, look, I think if you look at the timeline of any elected leader, it is by definition shorter than the problems that we're talking about. So you need leaders across the community, particularly in the business community, saying, look, let's look out 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. These are the things we need and be consistent about the agenda. Tian, what do you think? You came down, you were in, I think you grew up in New Jersey, New York. New York, yeah. Free market, you know, mayhem. Nothing ever works in New York. <laughs> right. You came down here. Do you think that this town has the character that caused you to want to move down here and will maintain it even if it starts to grow faster? Yeah, I mean, I think the two big ifs are the first if is uh, if our collective leadership uh, in the private and public sectors and our education sector can get our collective act together and improve some of those fundamental problems that we have here then I think that um, 
you're going to see other companies. Remember, three of the 20 finalists were D.C. region, Montgomery County, Northern Virginia, and D.C. So you bet that every other company in America is looking in this area because of that. And there's lots of great sites in Loudoun County and Montgomery County and D.C., Baltimore. So, you know, you're going to see that. But that's a big if. And the other if is if we can make the area cool so that kids, recent graduates, recent MBAs will want to move to D.C. You know, we want to be on a par with New York, Boston, San Fran and L.A., basically. And if we can do that, we will definitely be a net importer of jobs, I think. I but we got to get we got to get our act together with infrastructure transportation, housing, you know, it's not easy. I love the way you describe it as cool. You know, we're all sitting here cool for us. First no. of all, I don't know what word <laughs> cool millennials use. I, I suspect it's not Dude, my cool. Dude, my kid, my kid lives and works in Boston. Well, oh, if it were cool in D.C., he'd be down here. Well, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a, a relatively uh, short time left, and I want to ask you each to do a little bit of future casting. What does success look like in five or ten years? Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. What do you think? If we're looking back five, ten years from now, we're on the show here together what are we celebrating? I, I think we're celebrating that we have, at the same time, moved from a slow growth to a fast growth region while we've made the investments so that's actually beneficial to everyone. We, we have the opportunity to actually be a model for what an inclusive tech hub looks like. And that is both from a making sure that the entire community benefits and who are the people that get tech jobs, right? Making sure that there's actually a diverse stream of people into that, uh, into that industry, in addition to making sure the entire region, the entire community benefits from faster growth. Angel, how about you? I think it's a combination of the success of this business decision, obviously the impact in this faster growth, the impact in the innovation fabric, but also our response to maintain and even increase a good quality of life. We're so uh, fortunate to have some of the best public schools in, uh, in, in this region. Can we man maintain that? We have a, an incredible arts scene. It is the arts at the end of the day that builds a community. That's why we spend so much effort, even at George Mason University, being sort of conveners for the arts. Can we maintain, can we turn that really into, into thriving aspects of, of, of this community? So it's going to be a combination of, of both what we do on the business end, what we do on the quality of life side. Entrepreneurial perspective, TN, what do you think success looks like? I think success looks like an influx of capital into the region over the next five to 10 years, not just the large domestic funds, but you're going to see international funds, I believe, start looking at D.C. as a viable alternative funds from Asia and Europe and the Middle East, not just looking at assets in, in Northern California, for example. But I think, um, you know, we have had a you know, we've had we've been a net decrease in terms of uh, committed funds in Washington. And I think that. Uh, this could change the whole thing. So if if we're able to get our act together, et cetera, et cetera, then hopefully uh, D.C. becomes uh, a capital capital. Well, <laughs> I love the pun. <laughs> and we will end with a pun. This was a wonderful conversation. Tian Wong, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Asa Miller, Greater Washington Partnership, as always, thanks for your time. Thank you. I'm Greg Rivera, president of George Mason. It was great to have you, too. Thank you. We're primed. We're all primed. We're all pumped. <laughs> Let's get after Amazon HQ, too. See you next time. Executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. 
Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and tell us what you think of the show. Don't forget to like us on iTunes. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 2.30 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.